So let me tell you about my really awesome sponsor called Gummy Cube. They've been sponsoring this show now for some time and they enable you to get feedback on every aspect of your iOS or Android app. And we know that is massively important if you've been listening to the show for any length of time. It's all about feedback, feedback, feedback. So they have this focus group service. What that means is that you can start split testing icons, screenshots, way much more. It really helps when you are in a pre-launch phase or even if your apps are already in the app store. So to learn more about Gummy Cube's focus group service, go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And thank you very much, Gummy Cube, for continuing to support the show. So in the early days of launching your app, uh, it's really important to generate positive reviews. Uh, I know from interviewing hundreds of app marketers that getting feedback from your customers is absolutely imperative and this is because you can update your app make it better so that in three months from now you'll have hundreds of five-star reviews and people will visit your app and download it when they see all those reviews uh, apptentive provide you with the tools to be able to get these reviews get feedback intercept any uh, negative feedback before it hits the app store uh, so go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy that's apptentive.com forward slash App guy, all lowercase, and thank you, Apptentive, for sponsoring the show. Uh, this is Taylor Cavanaugh. I am the co-founder of Pet Partner app, and I'm listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guide Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, this is where I do get a lot of interesting entrepreneurs, app founders, app creators, anyone who can help us with our journeys as app entrepreneurs. Now, it is a global show, but I love, love going back to uh, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley. That is obviously where all the action is happening. And we are here today to talk with a wonderful app entrepreneur. And uh, his name is uh, Peck. Uh, Peck Pompey, and he, uh, I hope I said that right, Peck, your uh, surname. Pompet, with a T Pom at the end. Pompet, yes, and you are the founder of Impeccable.com, uh, which is a design developer, but also you have created recently a lovely app called Marquee, which I've been using, and uh, is uh, something that helps with movie info trailers and showtimes. So, hey, listen, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Paul. To tell us then uh, what attracted you to the uh, the, sh the well to the the whole environment of building apps. Yeah, so I've actually been. Uh, uh, I started out my career as an engineer, uh, writing software. In uh, this would have been in the .dot net uh, Microsoft days, and uh, eventually I found uh, writing code was uh, not as fulfilling as uh, doing design. So I transitioned into design, but with a development background. Uh, and then by that time, kind of during mid-career, mid mobile is kind of popping up. Everybody's carrying a mobile phone. So we, I started doing a lot of mobile design um, just for, for other people and eventually decided uh, I wanted to do this for myself. And, and hence, I started a business uh, in, in app design and development. Okay, well, we're going we're to focus on that, Peg, because that, that part of it, what you just kind of mentioned, is one of the biggest hurdles that I, I often hear from people listening to this show, which is how do you leave what it could be a, a kind of steady career, you know, a well-paid job, to start mm -hmm. something on your own? Have you got any advice? What, what was it like when you had that, um, that kind of change in your life? 
Yes, yeah, so I uh, I took a, a a pretty big leap. So what what I had did was so I, I'm from Chicago. I, we, I, my wife and I had lived there for a long time, uh, about 15 years, over 15 years, and I've always been attracted to the Bay Area, and uh, thought you know it'd be really great to. It's never too late to start. Uh, so eventually, we we both took the jump and decided to 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 leave Chicago and, and start a new life here in the Bay Area. Um, we did this without uh, any safety net. Actually, I quit my job. I didn't have a job lined up. Um, so that that part was was horrible. Um, but what I did have was by the time I, I left Chicago, um, I had built a name for myself in terms of product design. You know, I had kind of made a name for myself as a designer and had some clients um, who were my clients from Chicago. So by the time I moved to, to the Bay Area, I was uh, I had done enough good work for, for our clients in Chicago that I was able to do it remotely for a while. Uh, so I had that going for me. So I okay, didn't. That, that, yeah. that is so inspiring. It really is. I mean, the fact is, you, you you had no safety net. You wanted to go to the Bay Area. It's very expensive, but you did have a belief in yourself and uh, some clients that could keep you in work whilst uh, you you started build, building up your business in the Bay Area. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So so a lot of my early clients were were you know still my. Uh, the people that who have been wanting to work with me while I still had a full-time job, uh, you know, I started taking contract work, uh, uh, starting with my Chicago clients, uh, even on, out in the Bay Area. Yeah. So, Peck, one of the big differences is a lot of people listening to this are still in full-time work, working for mm-hmm. uh, a, a, probably a large company. Uh, what is it like, you know, what's different about what you were doing in Chicago and what you are doing now for yourself. How is it different? Yeah, so so I um, I do a lot less of the day to day work of designing and coding for sure. Um, you know, it's it's the typical story of the baker wanting to start his own bakery. Uh, if you've ever read read the E Myth, I highly recommend that book and to any entrepreneur wanting to start uh, their entrepreneurial journey. And basically, what it is is you know, you're, you're going to be working on your business. So you're going to be spending a lot more time on, your, you know, finding clients, uh, nurturing clients, uh, talking to clients. Um, I make it sound less, so less glamorous, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but, but, you're, uh, but, you know, you're doing everything except writing code and designing, uh, which is, you know, the stuff I like to do. Um, but the difference is now, now I, I don't, essentially I don't work for the man. I work for many men. They're all called clients. And, uh, but it's much more fulfilling in the sense that I, you know, I do have a sense of, you know, I can somewhat steer the company. You know, if you work for a big company, so I've worked at a big company, I've worked at Accenture. And when I left, I think we, our headcount was close to 300,000 people. You know, I was 13 levels removed. You know, I looked in the org chart, I was like 13 levels below the CEO. You know, I couldn't, I didn't have access to him. So I, I really had no say in the company, but uh, with with uh, my company, you know, I, I really have. It, it, hey, we 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 kickstarted our own product uh, called Marquee, which is a movie app. We launched uh, earlier this year, and you know, an initiative like this would probably have not, you know, flew off that, at all and so got approval. Peck, 
Peck, I have to be very careful what I say because my wife <laughs> is working for Accenture <laughs> right now. So, <laughs> oh, I love Accenture. I still have, I, uh, I still have uh, lots of co you know, friends yeah. and co- colleagues at Accenture. Um, no, no, the interesting thing, though, is that she keeps coming to me for the ideas, and I feel <laughs> like uh, you know there is when when you're on the cutting edge, you're nimble, you're working for yourself. I personally feel that it's much more enjoyable during the day because you can you basically be responsible for your own decisions and 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 do stuff that's fun um, and and not get caught in the whole internal kind of bureaucracy that inevitably three hundred thousand people cause. So. Um, but she was really great. She was really amazed when she had a, a, a little, little chat with the CEO there. But uh, it, yeah. it doesn't happen that often. Right, right. I know. It's it's like a rare treat when you get to glimpse the CEOs, you know, at the corner of your eye because it's just, you know, they're so far removed from you. Yeah, well, uh, she gets to talk high. to the CEO of the App Guy podcast every day. There you go. <laughs> you know, well, because you're a small company, you're much more accessible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, that, that's wonderful. Like they've really encapsulated what it means to work for yourself. So let's talk about um, your, your app, Marquee, um, which is beautiful. And uh, what um, inspired you to build this movie trailer Showtime's app? I love movies, and it's one of those ideas where you know I can see myself working on this. You know, I loved movies for 20 years and 30 years, and I'll probably love movies for the next 30 years. So I can see myself working on this product for the long haul because my my taste won't change, I think, in terms of like whether or not I like movies. Yeah. And so, like, again, we kind of go back to the fact that you're really into it, and that's why you had a focus to build the app. And uh, it's currently on iOS. what um, I'm guessing that the the sole purpose of this app is not necessarily to uh, make a lot of money or monetize it, but is to showcase your what you can do at Impeccable. Is that kind of what it's that, there for? So, so yes. So it, I, I really, when I do something, I really like to hit as many birds as possible with as few stones as possible. And and when we set out to so previously my my organization was mostly a design firm, app design, web, you know whether it's a web app or mobile app, we we did a lot of uh, user interface and user experience design for products. Um, but uh, as I started to build out the company and uh, the need that we saw was people didn't have the chops. Uh, our clients didn't have the chops to build their own app well. So it's like they hired us to design it and then we'd send, give them over the designs and they, they, they couldn't execute on it really well. I saw a need to really build out our mobile development team so that you know the, the quality would be there as well on the end product. And uh, I saw Marquee as an idea to both execute on something that I was really passionate about, which is movies, um, I love con- the consumer space. Uh, we have done a lot of consumer apps for clients, and uh, you know we wanted to have something of our own to showcase. You know, sort of our calling card. And uh, so you you hit it on the mark right there, Paul. That we yeah. wanted to have a marketing tool. Yeah, Peck. I'd love. Okay, so there's again. I'm can, I'm thinking about the apps to try listening to this right now, and uh, that. Uh, we always try to be genuine on the show and what and provide good advice. Okay, and you have a wonderful like um, a company that's full of different services. You build mobile apps. You 
uh, do minimum viable products, you do prototyping. If you were going to advise somebody right now to, uh, they, they want to sustain a career in app entrepreneurship, what is it best to do? Is it best to build like the apps for other people or is it best to try and build an app and monetize that? Sure. Well, I, I think it, it totally depends on the person's appetite for, uh, you know, and their patients, pa- patients' level appetites for risk, uh, where they are in life. Um, so for, for me, I needed a business where we make money day one uh, because I didn't raise venture capital. You know, for, for other people, you know, if you can build an MVP, just bootstrap or just, you know, nights and weekends build an MVP just long enough to get a little traction and then you can raise uh, some money, then, then that's viable for you, you know, doing a, a, a venture-backed uh, startup, you know, app startup, that's, that's viable for you. Uh, for me, um, I was never in a position, you know, you know for, due to whatever life circumstance, to kind of take that risk. And none of my products to be at, at that point in time had any uh, traction to speak of to, to warrant that. What, what I discovered was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good at designing really pretty things, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a huge disconnect between, you know, pretty usable products and uh, huge traction. Just, you know, that's, that's just one checkbox. You still need a lot of marketing uh, you, you need a really good technical co- co-founder to help you build it or a technical team to build it. So there's, you know, building a, a simple usable power product is just, just a checkbox. And for someone who wants to get into this, I think they have to be really honest with themselves and, you know, what, what are they comfortable with? For me, I was never um, in a position where I could sustain long periods of time without income just because I didn't have a huge safety net. I, I had to work. So my business was uh, as a uh, byproduct. Low risk? Yeah, low risk, but it's also a little low reward, right, compared to like, you know, the Instagrams and the Ubers of the world, right? Yeah, that's a really good point because the, the Instagram and the Ubers of the world, Peck, are the, are the ones that seem to attract people into the industry. And and they think, oh, I can build an app and I'll become an Instagram hit or an right, Uber hit. Right, uh, And they don't realize just like the effort that, that went into it, the startup and the fact that it wasn't just the app, it was the whole business and the timing right. and the funding and the connections. Right. The, absolutely. It is all that, right? Like you, you have to realize that the founders, you know, one of the founders uh, of Instagram worked at Google Ventures. So he knew how the venture world worked and had connections. You know, the early users, they counted early users, you know, the, the, the founders of Twitter who were tweeting their photos out. You know, unless you had those types of things going on for yourself, you, you know, it's, it's not enough to, you know, so we built a beautiful app, Marquee, um, but, you know, we, we don't have the, the celebrity users to, to kind of help give the stamp of approval, for example, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I love that because that is why the, I do this podcast is to try and unravel the truth and provide paint a, like a, a really a clear reality of what it's like yeah. uh, to be an app entrepreneur. Right. So I have the good fortune of having a highly relevant sponsor for you to go and try out. It's Gummy Cube and they will ask you this one question. What gives you a better return on investment 
than a user acquisition advertising campaign? And the answer is app store optimization. You need to be spending your money on making sure that you are doing everything right when it comes to app store optimization. And this is about really getting um, in front of your target audience, identifying who they are, define your app's core features and unique value proposition, and review competitor app store ratings and reviews, research competitor branding, positioning, keywords, and category, uh, optimizing your icon for uh, focus groups. I mean, uh, these are all things that uh, Gummy Key will help you out with. And uh, I think they'll take away the headache when it comes to trying to think about app store optimization. So to go and check them out, go to www.gummycube.com. That's www.gummycube.com. And I want to thank Gummy Cube for just continuing to support the show. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I just want to take a minute to thank our sponsors. It's apptentive.com. You can go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's all lowercase. And you can see what's going on. But I've actually got the co-founder on. It's uh, Roby Ganguly. And he is uh, going to help us. If you are an app developer and you're really frustrated with the app store, you're just getting all your users to vent their anger through the review views, then Roby can help you out. And I've got Roby on the line. So Roby, how can you help us? Well, you know, it really means taking the time and attention to talk to customers, to listen to them, to have conversations. It's it's about being able to get their feedback, right? We power feedback inside the app and we power in-app conversations. We help you figure out who your evangelists are so that you can um, get better ratings and reviews. We help you listen in lots of different manners using in-app surveys at the right time in the right place. And customer love isn't just about bombarding people with messages. It's, a, it's about doing it at the right place. So our tools help you find moments when customers are ready to talk to you as opposed to stopping you the first moment you use an app and open it up, right? We don't want to interrupt you. We want to make, make sure we're listening to you. So I do think that you should go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And I really do thank you, Roby, for sponsoring the show. And so, well, well, Pat, you listen to the show, so you know what's coming next. We have two things that we need to do. Uh, one is that we always try to give uh, the Appster tribe a new idea. So I wondered if you had any ideas for apps or business models that you uh, perhaps won't be working on, but you've come across. We can do that, or we can absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm. I've always been more pragmatic, and uh, I, I've always been the type who would favor uh, a business model that solves a need enough that someone can give you money for, right? Not, not like a consumer app. Like uh, if you, you know, for example, like uh, Tumblr might be a great idea, but if you're not ever gonna will, if you're never willing to give me a buck for it or five bucks. You know, a month or a year or whatever. Then, then for me, it's not as interesting. So I'm always looking for ideas that are SaaS models. You know, software as a service that have a either a monthly recurring revenue or some sort of fee associated with. So in in terms of that, you know, things I think about nowadays are like stuff that solve my small business problems. You know, or you know, my organization. If I have this problem, then other businesses around my size would probably have the same similar problem. And, uh, you know, I think about all the services that I pay for, you know, things like, you know, Dropbox or accounting software or like Sketch as our design tool or like time tracking software uh, or like Google Docs and stuff like that. All those things, you know, I can't run a business without. So, so I really think about things that are like, what are the things I need that I can't run a business without? Or 
you know, things that help me run a business while I'm out and about meeting clients. So, you know, definitely a mobile focused product where, you know, it might even be translating a really uh, archaic web product into mobile because everybody's on the go now and everything's gotten mobile. And, and uh, if you can help me run my business uh, on, on mobile, that'd be great. Well, Peck, that is great advice because I have to say that uh, this is one of the longest running themes of this show is uh, solving a real problem. And of course, what better problems to solve than problems for startups, for uh, small businesses. And uh, yeah, um, that, that should encourage anyone listening to this to think about like potential solutions. Uh, maybe you've just given me an idea. If I was, <laughs> like, if I was at college and I was thinking about leaving, I probably would uh, either uh, go and intern at a startup or work for an entrepreneur for nothing, or just literally go and spend some time and buddy with them. Because when you see how busy entrepreneurs uh, behave, and if you were to tag along, you could see all the problems. Just make a note of all the problems they're having during the day. And then just make a big long list and uh, look at look at the potential problems to be solved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other opportunity. So, so impeccable. We're we're a design and development firm. Uh, so you know that that's one one place you can attack is the small business. Um, the the thing with small business is like we don't have a lot of dollars, and you'll have to find, but you'll have to find a lot of us, right? So you'll need like million, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of us to, to make, you know, the type of money you want to make, uh, you know, the, where there is money is kind of in the enterprise world. Uh, so we service in terms of impeccable, we service a lot of enterprise customers, uh, everyone from like, uh, Aruba networks, HP, Motorola, like Groupon, uh, you know, big, big companies. And, you know, just, just like what you mentioned, you know, you, you can go in and work, work for a small business and observe their problems. You know, you can, if you have access to an enterprise, you can do the same with the enterprise and see, observe their problems and see what's a huge pain point for them that they're just not willing to solve or they're just too slow or incapable for whatever reason to solve on their own and say, just present it to them. What would this be worth to you if I solve this? And then, and then you have your first customer. You know, this is especially true if you're at an enterprise already. Or you you know you're at an enterprise that works with other enterprises. You can see their problems, and that's kind of not related to your company. So there's there's potentially no no conflict there. Well, Peck, I'm joining the dots on your history, and I can now tell that you are from Accenture because uh, <laughs> that would be um, uh, you know I guess that's their business model, isn't it? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Like the it, it's it's. <laughs> indoctrinated <laughs> yeah so there is one last thing which is we love talking about apps this is an app show after all so sure. I, I wondered if you had i know we're using your phone currently to make this uh, podcast but do you have do you have from memory a, a favorite app or two that you could recommend to us sure um well in in the consumer space i really love you know imager and nine gag but uh for for consuming stuff i, I really love audible I used to be a very avid reader when I had a long commute on the train. Um, you know, my, my long commute days are over now. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of, so I don't have as much free time to read. So what I do is I do audiobooks. Um, this was a, a recommendation made to me by uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, his name is Heaton Shah from Kissmetrics. Uh, but he listens to audiobooks. We've had his co-founder on the show. 
Yeah. Oh, really? We had uh, Neil Patel <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Right. That's I, right. I think, I think uh, Hitan. I'm pretty sure he started a podcast as well, which I'm kind of reluctant to say because I could lose <laughs> listeners over this. But uh, but anyways, he recommended that uh, I do aud- Audible, um, and he does it on three x speed. So I, I've gotten gotten accustomed to that. So I can blow through like you know a four and a half hour audio podcast book in one and a half hours. Uh, and that's really a great feeling. Wow. Okay, so here we go. Anyone who is joining this podcast and has not listened to the first 300 could go back, listen to those, but on, a, I would say, double speed, which is yeah. the size I can get. Uh, and you're going you're gonna to get through a lot more content. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, great. actually, that's how I listen to most podcasts is, is 3X. When, unless you have a guest on, Hey, somebody has a guest on who speaks really, really fast, then 3X is just too much. But typically, uh, 3X is uh, what I've kind of gotten used to now. So actually, this is the first time I'm actually hearing your voice at a normal speed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the one thing. I'll tell you, it would be cool if we could develop an app where I can record three times faster. That would be... uh... But uh, that's great. Well, Peck, this has been so much fun. I feel like we've gone through your journey and uh, you've definitely inspired me for like the stuff that you've done. And I'm sure you've helped out a lot of the listeners. Uh, Now, the episode show notes will be uh, at theappguy.co and on episode 329. So just go there to get all the links to to Peck and the things that we've talked about, to Marquee, to Impeccable. But in the meantime, how best can people reach out and connect with you personally, Peck? What's the best way of getting in touch? Absolutely. So uh, for email, it's peck at impeccable. So P-E-K at impeccable, I-M-P-E-K-A-B-L-E. You know, if you're thinking of starting your own uh, firm or, you know, getting into business, please reach out to me. Um, I can tell you all the stuff not to do. And, you know, I seem to hit them all. Um, <laughs> you can reach out to me on Twitter. That's just uh, my first name and last name, P-E-K at uh, P-E-K-P-O-N-G-P-A-E-T. Uh, I'm also a big Instagram user, and I got there pretty early, so it's just at Peck, so P-E-K. So those are just a couple ways. Fantastic. Okay, well, I'm going to put those again on the show notes. Peck, thank you so much for being such a great guest, and uh, all the best with uh, your future. And um, like, look forward to um, seeing if there's any ways we can add value. But in the meantime, uh, goodbye for now. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been great to have you to be here on the show. Just to remind you that this show is sponsored by GummyCube. GummyCube are a big data company that are collecting data into DataCube, which is pulling data from the App Stores, Google Play and the Apple App Store. So go and use an App Store optimization company that is getting its data from the App Stores and not from web searches, which do not relate really to what's going on in the App Store. Go and check them out. It's www.gummycube.com. Thank you very much to GummyCube. They're just such a great supporter of this show. So let me remind you that this episode has been sponsored by Apptentive. Now you can go and sign up for a free mobile app consultation by going to apptentive.com forward slash appguy. That's all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash appguy. All you need to do is complete a form and what they'll do is they will evaluate uh, an overall app experience and information about how Apptentive can increase your app's ratings and reviews. So go to www.apptentive.com forward slash appguy, get that free consultation and thank you Apptentive for supporting this show.